We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's dive into the offense and uh, and what we saw on the review of the film. I'll tell you what, you know, we talked about play calling. We talked about execution. You know, we talked about all of these things in the postgame show, all of which still remain true, but with some tweaking and and some uh, some nuance, I guess. Well, is the best way to put it. I mean, you guys did a great job talking about it live. You know, obviously now we've had a chance to dive into the film. Sure. And so I have, I have a lot of takeaways and, you know, like, the best way that I could that I could describe Gino Gadulli's game plan and play calling, and this is meant 100% as a compliment, right. is it was conservative but not timid. And sometimes we think of the phrase conservative in, a, in an athletic standpoint as like a real big negative and real timid. And to me, you needed to come out and be conservative. I don't care what you think of Steve Angeli. If you think he's got a chance to be the greatest quarterback to ever put on a Notre Dame uniform, you do not throw him into game one and say, let's go on, on the attack and let's run up tempo and let's throw a million balls down the right. field and let's ask him to make all these full field reads. And you don't do that. You're putting, you'd be no. setting him up to fail. You don't, you don't right. ask him to do that. They didn't put a lot on his shoulders. Right. And, and they said, Hey, we need you to go execute what we do well. And we'll get into some of the specifics, but they also weren't timid in that they were not afraid to throw the ball down the field. They didn't ask him to do it a ton. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and we'll get into the specifics of it later, but there were plenty of things built in that had some deep shots, like the first deep shot of the game. That was not meant to be a deep shot. No, you, but, but you had a clear out route that took the coverage off thinking you're going to get Jaden Greathouse open. They'd have made a mistake. And Steve went downfield and, and did what he needed to do, made, made the throw. And, and they did a lot of things where it's like, yeah, that's not a real complex play call, but that's smart and it's effective and it's allowing your players to be, the dude. And I, and I think the second part that, and that, so that's a compliment, right? It wasn't timid. They were willing to take chances when they needed to. They were willing to attack some matchups that they liked. Uh, they left a lot of points on the, on the field, to be honest with you. I mean, it should have had more than 14 in the oh, first half. Yes. And so there were some execution things and all that. And I, you know, not, you're not going to love every play call. And I didn't love the, you know, I didn't love the play calling in the, the last red zone where they, 
got stopped on, you know, the, not the last, but the late red zone where they got stopped at the goal line. And it's like, okay, you got a little too cute there, but yeah, you're always going to have things you nitpick from a, from a, from, and, and I would hope that Gino Gadulli's nitpicking little things he did in the game, but there was a lot that I liked. I thought they did a great job of using motions and shifts in the game. They did a lot of things movement wise that not only helped the run game, but helped the pass game. Sure. Which we'll get into. Uh, but, but then, like I said, they also had some well-designed shots down the field. When Oregon State started getting a little bit creepy and coming down and getting a little bit too box heavy, they called a couple double posts or smash or some things that, that got guys open down the field and said, hey, you better better be careful because if you guys think that you're just going to load the box all day, we're going to take some shots down the field on you. Yeah. And uh, I, I was very pleased. But it wasn't as creative as I kind of thought watching it live. Uh, I just thought that that – he did some really good things that got guys open, which is good. Sure. And it made it seem more schematically diverse than it was. And that's a, that's a compliment. It, it sounds like I'm kind of giving a backhand. I'm not, this is actually a good thing because they ran snag concept like 10 times, like the same, but they ran it. Uh, what, I mean, 90, 90% of them were run differently out of a different formation, a different sure. alignment, a different look, which meant, you're you're stressing them in different ways. So there was a lot of things like that, Vince, that I liked in the game where, no, they didn't run a million concepts and Gino Gadulli wasn't showing to the world, like, look how smart I am and all these million con- – but the way they got into stuff was super effective, and that worked in the game for me. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A lot of shifts, a lot of motions, a lot of moving guys around to create matchups that were in the in favor of Notre Dame, which I liked. Um, they, but again, a lot of half field reads, a lot of single read situations for a quarterback making his first start, and you can fill in the blank with the name of whatever quarterback you want. It doesn't. I, this is not a 
This is not a praise of Steve Angeli. It is not a knock on Steve Angeli. It is, you got a quarterback making his first collegiate start ever. We're going to keep it fairly simple. Right. And, and you can tell when you watch the game, his head, for the most part, wasn't going side to side. When it did, it ended with a sack. <laughs> right, right, right. No, you're absolutely right. His head was, okay, I've got one read to make. Yeah, I'm watching one guy defensively or I'm watching one concept and whatever guy comes open, that's where I'm going with right. the ball. And that, in turn, led to Notre Dame showing take off. Exactly. There was one time he took off a little bit too early. We can get in, whatever, it's fine. Uh, one time when he turned into a sack, didn't need to do that. We'll get into those, all are, that right? those are all rookie mistakes. Like, I don't have a huge yeah. issue with that. Yeah. I really don't. But what I, what I was going to say was when – he had those single reads when he had that one concept on one side where he's just, a, you know, a half field read Notre Dame's players were doing a really good job of getting open at times and allowing that read to be much simpler for the first time starter. And then there were also times where Oregon state just flat out didn't cover. I mean, it, is, yeah. it, it was a coverage bust and, but Steve Angeli did a good job of recognizing but- that and making the play. I thought the coverage bus came from how the plays were designed. Sure, sure. So like the first the first pass play of the game, they're in a two-by-two two alignment out of 11 personnel, one back, one receiver, or one back, one tight end, three receivers. And they just do something simple. They they invert the line. We And we Vince, we talked about this stuff all year, about getting clean yeah. releases. Right. So so Jordan Faison's on the line. They just do a short zip motion with, with Jaden Greathouse. And... He just you get a vertical release from from Jordan Faison, a little pivot route by Jaden Greyhound. Supposed to be a clear out. That that's supposed right. to clear the guy out, right? And, open and up both Greyhouse. guys came down. Yeah. And Jelly read it well and got. I mean, so it was the if they had just ran a normal that same play out of space, just hitch in a wide fade, it's covered, and it was covered later. They did it kind of similarly later, not with emotion. And Oregon State covered it well, and Angeli still got the ball out there, which we'll, we'll get into here in, in a few. But I, uh, you know, that's what I, I thought the pass game. Vince did a lot of good things in that regard. Yeah. And so run game wise, that's the part I wasn't quite as impressed with. To be honest with you, game plan wise, I love the fact that they stuck so much um, to to the inside zone. Yeah. But. I, I thought some of the misdirection, the pin and pull stuff was a little telegraphed. You know, you could tell that it, they weren't as effective doing that. But, you know, they ran some duo stuff, some inside zone stuff. But what I did like, Vince, mentality-wise, they ran right into the teeth of the Oregon State defense. Which was their strength. And they said, "I stop it. And they couldn't. Right. I yeah. mean, even it was like three-yard gain, four-yard. I mean, there wasn't like a bunch of big gains, but it was just – just churning it out six yards, eight yards, three yards, four yards. I mean, just churning sure. it out, man. And it be setting up the big play. I mean, the 55 yard gain came after they got the ball at their own four. Mm-hmm. I mean, first drive of the game's 96 yard touchdown drive. Think about that. Mm-hmm. But it's because you got six yards on, ga- on down one. Then you went three, you get into third and one, you move the chains because you push them off the line. And then boom, now you have a little bit of breathing room. Now let's let Steve take this, you know, take to the air. And then, right. boom, game is completely changed after that. Because you even said to me when I was prepping with you for the post-game show, like, dude, that game was over after the first two series. Like, meaning one each. You're like, you just right. knew, like, they got no chance. Right. The only that, question was, what was the score going to be? Was it going to be like correct. 24-10 like I predicted, or was it going to be right. what it became? 
Well, and that's why I texted Ryan uh, on Notre Dame's second possession when they missed the field goal, right? And I was like, I told, I told him he thought I was crazy, and he he said in the post game show that he didn't text me back because he thought I was nuts. But I said if they score a touchdown there, the game's over. Like that, yeah. That that would have been the ball game. That would have been it. And turns out that was probably the case because of yeah. the way that Notre Dame was playing on both sides of the football. Yeah. There was nothing Oregon State could do to stop either side, and and it was very clear. And so it was just all yeah. about execution. And our guys are better than your guys and a mentality that they weren't going to be taking plays right. off. They weren't going to be taking plays for granted, right. you know, that kind of a thing. And it showed, it showed offensively. There's no doubt about it. It showed uh, in the run game because I don't want to say Notre Dame wanted it more because that's, I, that that's disparaging towards Oregon state. I don't think that they didn't want it like that. That's not the, the, the feeling that I got from Oregon state, but their, their offensive linemen were better and they were able to push Oregon yeah. State around enough that they were able to be successful on the ground it yeah. wasn't the prettiest ground game for Notre Dame it wasn't it was not pretty but it game. wasn't gonna be I mean, I mean this is the thing it, that we exactly. talked about Vince, that can't be the expectation the yeah their their entire starting defensive line played in this game and and this was a defense Vince that that had the two games in the middle of the year back to back that weren't very good but then after that they only give up 72.2 rushing yards per game in their other 10 games. They completely shut down Oregon's run game. Oregon has one of the best rushing teams and is one of the best running teams in the country this year. And Oregon State completely shut them down. And the defensive linemen responsible for that played in this game. And, and I'll get into that a little bit more when we break down the offensive line. But I thought they played hard. And I don't know that I'd necessarily say Notre Dame – like I get what you're saying, like push them around, but not in the way like they bullied some other teams that they played sure. this year. But right. they just battled. Yeah. And that's what I liked about the game plan. It was that they started going to a little bit more pin and pull later, which I wish they would have maybe not done quite as much. But early in the game, Vince, it was, I mean, the whole first series, that's what was so was dumb no about yeah. when they got in, well, until they got inside the 10 and then right. they called one. You're like, you're going to do it against a reduced look. That made no sense. It was like literally like six straight inside zones. Yes. Yep. And they just kept chunking them. I mean, just chunking them out. Right. I mean, and that's kind of that's kind of what I really enjoyed from from the performance in the run game bench. Just overall, I just thought the the the, the game plan was exactly what it should be with a young guy. Right. Schematically, not super diverse, but right. we're going to give Oregon State a lot of things to think about pre-snap, and that was really well done by Coach Gadouli because it did create well confusion. Done. It did yeah. create confusion. And it did create some coverage busts. And to the credit of Notre Dame, they were able to capitalize on those busts. Mm -hmm. They were, for the most part. They were able to capitalize on those busts. There was a couple missed opportunities, uh, but they were able to capitalize. So yeah. um, that I appreciated very, yeah. very much. Very, Yeah. Yeah. And and the game plan did a lot of things to get ISOs, to get guys open. Yes. Like a lot of levels. You know, they ran a lot of snag stuff. They ran some pivot smash stuff that got Jaden Greathouse or Jaden Thomas open on one. Mm -hmm. They did some crossing stuff, which got Jaden Greathouse open or Jaden Thomas open for another. Stuff they've been doing. They had another big play on that on one of the sacks. But, you know, yes. but, they, but yes. the other thing, too, well, let's hold on so we get to the receiver section. We can dive into the position groups because there's a lot of things I <laughs> okay. want to say yeah. more about it that are more specific to the positions. That okay. You want to start up front? You want to start with the O-line? Yeah, let's, let's go quarterback, running back, okay. receiver. I want to save the O-line for last. Okay, quarterback. Yeah. The uh, the man of the hour, Steve Angeli. 
obviously his stat line was good. Yeah, I mean, very. His, his stat line was good, completed almost 80% of his passes, uh, was very efficient, and left some stuff out there, which is crazy when you look at a stat line like that. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he played, he exceeded my personal expectation yeah. from what I thought might take place from Steve Angeli. He did. I thought the biggest thing for me, Vince, is so I wouldn't actually say that I was surprised how he played in the game. Okay. Because the one thing that I've always said about him, and I, and my opinion of Steve Angeli has not changed at all. Me neither. But the one thing I've said about Steve Angeli is that's a kid that has never has never been in an environment that's too big for him. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been saying this for since the first spring game he played in. Like Steve is a lot more confident in himself than I think he should be based on his God-given ability. And that's a compliment. I mean, you yeah. need that kind of swagger. Steve thinks he's really good. And and so when he goes into these moments, it's like the Sun Bowl. Like, I'm not worried about the Sun Bowl. I'm just gonna go do what I need to what I do. And that's the that's I actually expected that. And that's why some of the things I talked about in my my keys to victory were like, you know, you've got to win outside because if you can win outside, I think they're gonna be able to have some opportunities to throw the football. Because basically what they did is back to what you said earlier, is they didn't ask him to make a lot of complicated reads. But he also didn't just take a bunch of checkdowns all game either. I mean, the first play, the first throw of the game was not a complicated read, but you have to quickly recognize blown coverage and get the ball out, and he did. I think that's where my surprise came from was not that he made good decisions. I kind of expected that because they didn't ask him to do a ton. It wasn't that he was poised. I fully expected that. And and I don't care if they were playing Bama. Steve may not play well, but he's not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. That's just who Steve is, right? That's the one thing I've always liked about him. But on that first read, it's like simple read, but you still got to see it and hit it before sure. that safety got over. Because the safety eventually recognized that there was mm-hmm. a blown coverage, but it was too late. And And so when you throw the ball with good timing, you're going to overcome sometimes maybe when you miss or, or aren't, aren't on point. And, and that's kind of what you saw from Steve in this game is he got, he made, was very decisive. Yeah. The pivot route for the touchdown, first touchdown of the game, they ran a snag concept, not a pivot, but a snag concept. Again, they ran that play. Half the pass plays were some were, were snagged. Snag is essentially the outside receiver. Usually got two guys over the outside receiver kind of work in and sit over top of where number two was. Number two will run a vertical route in some kind of corner or vertical, and then somebody from the number three, a lot of times it was the back in this game, will run a quick slide route. And so what you're trying to do, exactly, you're trying to attack that flat defender, put him in a bind, and he either sits on the snag, and then you hit the slide with room to run, um, or you hit the snag. And then if they play it double hard, then you can have the corner route behind it in a one-on-one against the safety. So first play, that guy buzzes out quick, Vince. And you talked about this. You're like, he. And I didn't notice the back, by the way, on that particular play. Yeah. Like when I saw it live, it was like, where is this guy going? He right. just going to the flat. It was like, because I believe it was their freshman linebacker. And he's like, I got flat. And he just right. went like right now. Now, right. there ended up being a guy out there that he had to, to cover. So I'm not going it, to. It, it worked the way it was supposed to because they put that flat defender in mm-hmm. a bind. He went to the flat to, right. to cover Jeremiah Love and left Jaden Thomas wide right. open. And so Steve hits him quick and by hitting him quick, like as soon as the guy clears, the ball's coming out and he hits him. And the reason that mattered is because there was an inside linebacker that was coming over and dropping into that zone. 
if Steve gets that ball out late and there's right. indecisive decisiveness, he probably still completes that throw, but Jaden probably gets tackled like the two. And your third downs, so you're kicking a field goal, it's three nothing. But by getting that ball out quick, he allowed Jaden Thomas to square the defense up and find a crease to get into the end zone. Yeah. That's why, you know, was it a complicated read by Steve? No. Was it an easy read? Um, yeah, kind of. But still, for a guy making his first start, that was the decisiveness in which yes. he did it, got it out there, got the ball to Jaden and let him score. It may not seem like a sexy read, but like that's a good read. That's doing your job. And he did his job well. Doing your job. Um, yeah. They did a little sprint out. And I thought they did a great job of moving the pocket yes. as well. Because um, we, you and I have talked about this a lot when we've been at practice. One of the things that Steve does very, very well is throwing on the run. Throwing on the run. Like, get him out in space. Let him throw on the run. I've always thought that's where he actually He excelled. sees the game really well on the move. Yes, he and does. A, an example is the, the first ball he hit to Jaden Thomas. Might have been his second or third completion of the game. Third or fourth completion of the game. And he's rolling out. And they were running. It was kind of like a... It's kind of like a different way to get into snag, but you're, you know, so you had a pivot route, you had a slide in like a, or an option and then um, a, a, like a deeper route. So it's, it's kind of a levels. Is this but, the one where Thomas came across the formation? No, no, like no. That's line? later. Okay. This one, he just ran a pivot route. Oh, he was okay. rolling around and he throws backwards. He throws by, which you don't ever tell court, don't do, don't do, don't do until they do it. And you're like, don't, have, don't do that. Great ball. And <laughs> right. that's what he did, but he, he felt it and he knew it and he went to it quickly. But when he needed to have patience, he showed patience. Like he did on right. the, the one you're talking about where great house came on the double cross. And then he kind of came over and he hit him in stride. And then he ran for 26. I'm not talking about that one. And, and so those are things that you saw. I thought they did a really nice job of moving the pocket and, and get Steve out. And that added to the simple reads. I mean, look, he completed 15 passes. 12 of them were less than 10 yards down the field. Right. I, yeah. That this is what it is. I mean, right. And and this is but he where got I it get, out quick. Right. Absolutely. Very decisive. And and that is, I give Gino Gadouli a lot of credit here because he did tailor a lot of the calls to what Steve does well. Right. He knew he's going to be poised. He knew he's going to be decisive. He does well on the run. Like that was different than the way they would call a game if Steve Hartman. I'm Steve. If Sam Hartman was yeah. was running the, the show, right? And so I do give him credit for that. It wasn't complex. It wasn't, but it it did complement what he does well. And yeah. so we haven't always seen that in the past, right? You know, right. And and um, but here's the thing too: is sometimes being decisive can can overcome a bad read or sure. maybe not getting the ball out where it should go. Uh, a couple, an example of that to me, Vince was the throw to Eli Raritan on short yardage that almost got picked. If he if he hold if he gets that ball out a half a second later, it's it's batted down. If he waits a full second later, it's picked off and it's going back the other way. It was probably not the greatest read in the world, but he saw the guy and he knew, hey, if I get this out quickly, I can complete this pass. That takes him like again. It's a level of like it wasn't a throw where he didn't see the guy and he got lucky. So I'm not saying that it was I see the guy. You probably shouldn't have made that throw necessarily, but he got the ball out quickly and it was like, okay, okay there you go. <laughs> okay, and, and then obviously Eli was able to make the guy miss and break the tackle and, and pick up the first down. So that right. that was good too. 
And, you know, there's here's here's the final throw I want to talk about that that I liked, and we'll talk about a couple of the, the, the mistakes and the misses. But the throw to jo- Jordan Faison, if you go back and look at that throw, that was not a good ball. And it, it was the a, one where it was juggled. Yes, and then he caught it, the yeah. deep one. And he's running a, a wide fade. That ball has to go here or here outside. He threw that ball inside. The corner actually had a chance to pick that ball off. Absolutely. A better corner might pick that ball off. But here's what I like about it. I liked the guts because here's the thing. You know, like this is the kind of throw that we didn't see enough of in the regular season. Agreed. A guy's covered. It's a one-on-one. Give your guy a chance to go make a play. And he was step for step yes with phase on yes that was about as good a coverage outside of the play of the ball on the ball right, right? it was about as good a coverage as you could possibly have right Steve's like yep i like my I'm guy giving, here exactly i'm giving <laughs> my guy a chance and yeah. jordan made the play now you're gonna go back and say steve i don't mind the read at all the ball placement's got to get better and that's kind of right. always an issue with steve that's that's one of my big concerns with him and sure. we'll get into that a little bit down the road is you know, that ball placement on the, on some of those deep shots was not good in this game. But I'll take a guy that's willing to maybe have to – I have to work on the ball placement, but you're willing to take those chances than a guy who just won't throw it. I've seen that before. You know, and, and that's the thing that I really liked from, yes. from what we saw from Steve is, like, there's a willingness to make those throws. Now you just got to do a better job of, of hitting them when they're there because, you know, some of his mistakes were part of what left points on the field. Right. I mean, you look at, at the miss to Eli Raritan. It was a they ran a smash concept. He made the right read. Eli Raritan is there. Steve just threw it high and over top. He needs to throw yeah, that ball it. on a line and out near the, the sideline. He might have scored. Like that, might have that scored at the very least. He's inside the 10 to probably five, yeah. you know, on that particular play. And, you know, it's just his downfield ball placement wasn't great on the one catch. I mean, the one he completed, what, three balls? Uh, that were he went three of five on throws 20 yards or more one was a slightly underthrown deep ball which i didn't mind it because the guy's wide open and the first one yeah guys wide open get it was underthrown because he had he had to slow down yeah catch it on his hip but i kind of was okay with it because what can you get amped up and try to lead him and then all of a sudden you overthrow him just get the ball out there get it out there yeah absolutely you had the ball to matt salerno that was really low and Matt had to go down and get it, which is a great catch by Matt Salerno, by the way. Yes, it was. And then you had the ball to Faison that got caught that honestly, a better corner. If that, it, if you'd make that throw against Benjamin Morrison or Christian gray, that's getting picked off. I mean, it just, it just is. Yeah. And so, but he, but he had the guts to make it. Then you had, so you had the Mr. Raritan and then you had the miss on the post route where if you throw that ball where it's supposed to go, that's a touchdown. Now, I right. believe they still scored on that drive, or was that the field goal drive? I'm, I'm trying to remember which one that was. Was that the um, was that the end of the half play? Let me go. Let me go find I'm it. Not, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I. Yeah. But he, and here's here's what you're saying because you can't see it on the TV copy. Faison had his his man beat by about four yards on that particular yeah. play. Like he had him. Beat the guy was running yeah. post. All you had to do on that one is throw him open you know as we say throw him open throw it out there let him run underneath it to catch a touchdown there was no deep routes on the right hand side of the formation it was clear sail and if he puts the ball on the right quarter of the end zone phase runs right underneath it and for a touchdown yeah. no question 
but he threw it behind him. He threw it on a line. He threw it behind him. Bazon had to stop, come back, basically turn himself into defense because it probably should have been picked off by the safety, to be honest with you. Um, but that's yeah. two throws. Way behind, yeah. Probably should have been touchdowns, if not a touchdown one that sets up another touchdown. So, um, again, is it nitpicking? Maybe. But it well, no, also, it's not nitpicking. I mean, that's what you need say, to But do. it's also yeah. the issue that we have with Steve in general is ball placement. Right. I mean, th- those are those are plays that you have to make in games that are close. You know what I mean? You've got to make that play when you've got a kid. Look, Jordan Faison played exceptionally well in this game. We're going to talk about oh, wide yeah. receivers, but they scored on that drive that that play. Okay. It was the one where so, they hit the little sit down to to um, Jeremiah Love to, to Faison. Oh, he ended okay. up catching the touchdown. Where he goes in. The okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So he even got his at that point anyway. But like, you got to make well, that throw. The Mr. Raritan was on yeah. a drive where they ended up settling for a field goal and missed it. Yeah. That kept points oh, off the board. Oh, it was board. a second drive. Okay. Right. Yeah. And um, so, and again, you were able to get away with it in this game. Correct. Against a team that had the number 84 pass defense in college football and was missing half their starters. Correct. In the, in the secondary. Yes. In the secondary. And you, you, those are the mistakes you you can't make. And that's always been the issue. Correct. Ball placement has always been the issue with Steve. Right. And that's something he's going to have to continue to work out because your guys made plays for you. But the thing is, though, is I'll take that kind, but that confidence can help you because he's still willing to take those shots. And when you have really good players, sometimes they're going to make you right. And that's why I wish Sam Hartman would have done more of this year. Yeah. Trust his guys. Trust your guys. Yeah. Right. Trust your guys. Completely. And and so that was an aspect of it. And, you know, again, we didn't see any intermediate, there was no completions between 10 to 19. There's only two attempts between that 10 to 19. Everything is a short or deep. That's kind of what the game plan was. And the deep shots were all one-on-ones. And and so that's a good that's a good game plan. So you know, Steve, he managed the offense very well. Yeah. He did absolutely. what he needed to do. He was decisive. He was he was accurate on the short stuff. And he didn't turn the ball over. Almost did, you know, but a couple times, yeah. Put the ball in the ground. But he he was and he also made plays with his legs. That's the other thing, too, Vince. Is you know, it was more of a if that read's not there, go. Right. I mean, that's the other thing that I liked in the game, too, is is they they put him in those situations. But overall, it was a quality performance by Steve. He did what he was he needed to do. They didn't ask him to make a ton of plays, but he still made some. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like he it wasn't like he just game managed and didn't make any plays. I mean, he converted a second and 15 with his legs. Yes. You know, he did make he made and the read. his shoulder on that kid. Said, man. Well, they blew a coverage. I've seen blown coverage where the quarterback doesn't see it and still throws the football and they, and they don't get the big play. He saw it and hit it. And we can't yes. blame him or hold you know fault him for them blowing the coverage that they did, and he took advantage of it, right? Right. And and so liked the things that I saw in this game from him. It's kind of what I expected he would do from a poise standpoint. He was a little bit more decisive than I thought he was going to be, which was good. And the game plan was really sound, and he executed it at a high at a pretty high level. Yeah. And uh, against a team that was not very good defending the pass to begin with. It was a smart game plan, and Steve mm-hmm. took advantage of it. And, the, and the, like you said, that we'll get to the other guys here in a little. Actually, let's just do the receivers now, since it okay. kind of goes with them. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that was the big thing. Is Steve? Steve showed a lot of confidence in his receivers, and they rewarded him for it. He just got the, hey, I'm gonna get the ball out. You go do what you got to do. Yeah. There's a lot of guys making plays after the catch. The scheme helped with part of it. This is a very you could just and somebody said in the chat too. 
it was visibly different watching the receiving core in this game. Yeah. Right. And they weren't perfect. You know, there's some times where like, you know, you, you got to do a better release off the line, but overall the releases were better. The top ends were crisp in this game. Vince, for the most part, they competed for the football. Uh, it was a very sharp game by the, by the wide receivers and oh, they yeah. blocked pretty well too. So I was very pleased with, with what we saw. I mean, just the patience they showed, you know, Jaden Greathouse wasn't getting the ball a ton, but when the ball came, he was ready for it, went and made a play. Jordan Faison had a lot of opportunities to make plays. He did. And and, and you can just see when you use Jaden Thomas correctly, and they did, they hadn't done a lot of that all year, he's a really effective weapon. Yes. On the short and to intermediate stuff. I, and I remember thinking to myself as I was watching the game live and as I was watching it back was, man, I wish he was healthy all season. <laughs> I mean, because he, he just – He's a gamer. He does well. I mean, he he's a guy that you can trust. I think he would have become kind of a go-to guy for Sam Hartman if he was available all year long, and he just wasn't. And that stinks. I mean, he was the leader of that room, I think, both in play and in leadership, and he just wasn't healthy. And seeing a healthy Jaden Thomas in this game was, was refreshing. It was like, man, I wish he was around all season, but I'm really looking forward to – how Mike Denbrock decides to use Jaden Thomas in the offense next year. Um, and, and I'm hoping that he's healthy all next year as well. And then another point <clears throat> I wanted to make after watching it back was Jaden Greathouse. Mm-hmm. That kid was, even though the ball didn't really come his way a bunch, um, and, and some of that was by design, some of that was by the fact that the other team knew that that probably was going to be the case and they were focused mm-hmm. on him a little bit more which allowed Jordan Faison to do some yeah. of the things that he did. Okay. But he was dialed in the entire game, yeah. the routes that he was running to get other guys open, whether that was the the plan or not was awesome. Yeah. And like the, the, the first pass of the game, pretty sure that was, that was probably going to be intended for great house, right? He sees the ball go over his head. He turns around. He sees Jordan Faison wide open. The first thing he does is he puts up his hand like this mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, you know, and then he yeah. starts running after the play. Like he is bought in a hundred percent. They all were. Showed. I mean, showed. I think Jaden Thomas was more excited about Jordan Faison's yeah. touchdown than Jordan Faison was. Seriously. Yes. You know, like almost jumped yes. and tackled him. I mean, it, yes. they played they played with confidence. Yes. And that's what it comes down to. This was a confident group. Yeah. They weren't being beat down every day. They weren't, you know, there wasn't all the drama. There wasn't, just, right. hey, we're going to teach you all how to play the football game. And they went out and played. Yeah. And, you know, Deion Colsey played a lot in the game. Didn't get any targets. But then he's playing. He's a junior, former four-star, top 100 type of kid. And he's out there blocking his butt off and talking trash to the Oregon State kids on that last touchdown drive. Yes, he was. Which I freaking loved. Yes. I loved because he was bought in. He was invested. I'm yeah. out here. I don't care what my job. I'm playing a long time. It's been a long time since Deion was on the field. You could yeah. see he wanted the football, and a receiver should want the football. But he didn't go out there and like go through the motions and just jog off the line and just get hands on. He was hitting dudes. And you're just like, that's a group of guys that's bought in. Matt Salerno got one target the whole game. That's it, one target. He ran his he made a great, off. just, you know, did a, ran a good route. They did a clear out by number two. Number one comes inside. Steve drives the ball down. Matt's got to go down and make a play on it. I mean, he should have hit him in stride. If he hits him in stride, he catches it and probably goes and scores. Right. You know, and again, that's, that's, well, that's and the one sack that, that, uh, that Angeli took. Oh, yeah. I forgot Salerno to talk about that. Cross, man. Oh, well, that was great house. 
I thought was it? I thought Salerno it was, was a Salerno, was but he had the either way. First of all, he had the back wide open. He should have hit the back. I That's mean, true that, too. That yeah. was that was leverage. Yeah. But I also thought that Gino did a good job of doing things to get the receivers open as well, and that's what I want to talk about. That and here's an example of it: is obviously the pivot stuff. Like that's right up Jaden Jordan Faison's wheelhouse. So like the thing about Faison that I, I think this game showed people is there were some that thought Jordan Faison was like, he's every bit as fast as Chris Tyree. Not even close. Not even close. Mm-hmm. He's a four or five-ish kid. Like he, he's, But he's super sudden and explosive yes. quick. And that's what you saw in this game. Now, he's fast, Vince, but not what you'd think for a guy of his body type and the quickness and explosiveness. He doesn't have like true burner burner speed. He's got good speed. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we saw that on that backside post route against Wake Forest that got Jordan Jane Greathouse open. But he's not like a burner burner like Tyree is. Right. Right. No, I agree with that. But what he has is he's got great suddenness and shiftiness. And that's something that Chris didn't have. So like those pivot routes are super sharp and sudden. And so he gets so much initial separation on those type of routes. And Gino played to that in this game. Like, uh, coach, excuse me, Coach Caduli played to that in this game, and that's what you want to see. Is like this is what his skill set is. Let's put him in position to utilize that skill set because he gets so much initial separation out of those cuts, those pivots, and the and the the double moves and stuff like that. It was really, it was really impressive to see that. And then of course he's got great focus on the football when the ball's in the mm-hmm. air, he, which he showed in this game as well. I mean, he, if he doesn't make it, like talk, talk about, I talk attack the football. If Jordan Faison does not stop his body as best he could and turn back to that post route, it's picked off. 100%. And we saw way too much of that during the season where guys wouldn't fight back to the football and allowed balls like that to get picked off. And and so that's a play where, like, it wasn't a play, but it was a play. And as I said, that drive ended with Jordan scoring a touchdown. Right. Made it 24 to 17 or 24 to nothing instead of 17 nothing. And then Oregon State gets the ball back because they just picked it off. Maybe they get a little momentum and then they're one big play away from all of a sudden it's a ball game again. And so that that was there. And and but another example is is something that doesn't seem complex, but it's really smart. They faced a third and three, and it was on the last touchdown drive of the first half. It's seven nothing, Vince. And you're like, this game should be like 21 to nothing right now. And and it wasn't. It was 17 to nothing or right. seven to nothing. And you're kind of letting them hang around a little bit. And so they go 12 personnel on third and three. And they put the trips into the boundary. And they motion across and run a quick sprint out rollout with a quick out by Jordan Faison. Because it does, it's it, it was smart for two reasons. Number one is when you go motion across and you're going to run that kind of route, it's hard to chase. So you either need to come down. Or chase over. Well, if it's come down to safety, and that's a matchup you like. Oregon State didn't react quite well enough to it. They tried to come down post snap, and they just weren't fast enough to get to phase on as quickly as he got out there. And Steve hit him on time. It was a great play call. It was simple, but it was intentional and purposeful. We know how they're going to defend motion in this situation, right? And so what they did was, is because it was twelve personnel. They put both tight ends of the boundary with Faison initially, which meant they were gonna they were gonna load their defense down to that and play it that way. And it was a really well designed play call. And and but when you've got a guy like Faison that's that quick out of routes, and Steve got the ball out as soon as he broke outside, 
it was there's just no chance on that type of route. So I thought that they did a good job of putting those guys in position to make plays as well. Yeah, and 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 any of them could have had a big day. There was oh, multiple absolutely. times that great houses opened down the field, and it's not that Steve was wrong. Like, oh, Steve should have thrown. No, the 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 read never took him there, but if it did, great house was going to be open for some sure. Plays. Right, so that's why you yep. can never just t- completely judge a guy's performance by his numbers, because sometimes your numbers can be misleading. The, the opportunities have to come, and they didn't come. Jaden Thomas didn't stop getting open in the second half; just the opportunities weren't there, like they were in the first half. I just thought overall, I thought the receiving core played well, blocked well, sharp yeah. routes. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You, know, you can just tell there was a just different yeah. different feel. Confidence. Yeah, it was just it was just completely different. And if you if you know if I didn't know any better, I you know I would have said there might be a new coach there because it it showed. Like they just played they just played with a different level of confidence. They were playing for each other. They were playing for their team. They were playing for themselves. I mean, all of the above. And it's okay to play for yourself. Like I, I want to be clear on that. But they were playing for each other as well, and it, it showed. It just absolutely showed. <laughs> And it was fun to watch. And it allowed, again, it also allowed Steve to play at his best because he was throwing to guys that were getting open. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, and and he also well, had faith in those guys because of the way that they've been practicing over the last three, four weeks right. as well. You know, and that's his why decisiveness the allowed them to stay right. open and make plays yes. after the catch. I don't want to exactly. completely take it away from Steve because right. sometimes guys can be open if the ball doesn't come out on time. They'll still catch it, but they're getting right. tackled as soon as But they it builds it. on each other, right? Exactly. Like. The, the, the confidence that Steve had, part of that's because of the confidence he had in those receivers. And I think we question that at times with Sam Hartman. I, I'm not sure he had a ton no. of confidence in his receivers at times during the well, season. You know, um, Coach Gadouli made this comment during the coordinator's press conference a couple of days before the game. He said, what you got to understand is Steve's been playing with these guys all year. Like, he's been playing with Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price all year. He played with Jordan Faison first half of the year. He was... He, I mean, they were the number two offense. So he's thrown a ton of balls to Jordan Faison. He's thrown a lot of balls to Jaden Greathouse. He's thrown a lot of balls, you know, to to the running backs, to Eli Raritan, to Cooper Flanagan, because they were with the number twos all year together. And that you could tell that there was there was a, a rapport there that you may not expect for a starting quarterback being thrust into the lineup with the team, the guys that have been starting all year, with the first team. He hasn't thrown as many balls to Mitchell Evans before his injury. He hadn't thrown as many balls to Holden Stace. But he's thrown a bunch of balls to Eli Raritan and Cooper Flanagan. Yeah, matter of fact, he's thrown a touchdown pass to Cooper Flanagan you know, already this year. So, you know, those those things factored into it as well. But the receiver play, I thought, was very, very good. Let's yeah. talk running backs too, Vince. This is probably the best group that Notre Dame had on Saturday, in my yeah. opinion. And I, I thought and the I'm... running back performance was – like the production in the run game yeah. was better than the way the run game was blocked and designed. Correct. And it's because of how well the running backs performed. Even like Jeremiah Love, whose numbers weren't very good. He had like 39 rushing yards and like 15 carries. There were four carries that he had where he should have lost yardage. Yes. But he made guys miss or made cuts that allowed him to get in the hole. And I thought Jadarian Price was 
was exceptional. And, and Jabron Payne, Jabron Payne played well. Yeah, also. they even had a wildcat at one yeah, point. Yeah, Devin Ford comes in at the end and rips off big runs, and it's just like the running backs, man. It's like this is – I mean, if there's a running back coach of the year award, I don't know if there is, and Dylan McCullough didn't win it, it's a joke in the award. And now I know why the awards are relevant and nobody talks about it because the job he did this year with this group was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, this is going to get stronger as they go forward. Let me say something to y'all again. There was a two game stretch in the middle of the year where they gave up over 200 yards in back to back games. Oregon State in the other 10 games, they gave up 72.2 yards per game. Notre Dame went for 236 on them. Only had one long run all game. Like the second longest run of the game was like Steve Angeli 16 yard scramble. Right. I mean, it was a bunch of sixes and eights, but. There were so many times, the first drive of the game, uh, they run inside zone. It was the play that Jeremiah Love ran to get him inside the 10. There's literally a guy out there on the perimeter on an inside zone. He was forced to bounce it because the backside got beat up up the field. He was forced to bounce it. There's a guy standing there on the edge, standing there, standing there, waiting to tackle Jeremiah Love. And he just shakes him and runs right through the arm tackle, picks up nine yards. Yeah, And you're like, dude, that should have been a minus two. At the very least, it should have been a plus zero, plus one. You know what I mean? On the stat sheet. But he was so explosive and so quick that the guy just looked silly. Made the guy look absolutely silly on that play, Vince. And you're just like, that shouldn't have been there. There was an inside zone cut that Jadarian Price had. Went for like six yards. But it's like the center got beat up the field. And the guard got beat outside. And he just kind of jump cuts it and explodes to this little tiny crease like six yards you're like that yes. that should have been a minus two the 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 duo run that he bounces outside for 13 we're like dude that should have been a minus one and but it's just like he reads it he makes the first guy miss then has that little quick jump cut outside to make a second guy miss and then just outruns the defense to the sideline and you're just like man these guys are really good yes really good Devin Ford made a similar run like that later in the game too uh yes. for his long run and you're just like, man, these guys, these guys, it, it, this isn't to say they're better or worse than Audric. It's just di- the speed difference with, with these guys. And, and, and you understand why they ran so much inside zone. It's just, just hand the ball off and let them find a hole. That that's really what the game plan was. Let them find a hole, get a body on a body yep. and let those guys go play. And they did. And, and the game plan showed no more greater confidence in any position group than it did the running backs. That's exactly why they did what they did. Now, I, I wish they would have done more to get Jeremiah Love the ball outside and all this, sure. other, which we'll get into. Sure. But the way that these kids played, even Jeremiah, who didn't have sexy numbers at all, it's like, boy, it was, there was a lot of maximized yards in this game. A lot of maximized yard yardage opportunities in this game. I thought the backs were exceptional. And this is exactly why, you know, Vince, I, every time the, the show starts talking about how great Jeremiah Love is going to be, I'm like, yes, I agree, but don't forget about Jadarian Price. How many times have I had that with my other compadre I do shows with? I always want to talk about Jeremiah Love, and I, and for good reason. And I'm always like, sure, uh, this ain't gonna be the Jeremiah Love show next year by himself. It, and and the thing I was told is that the pitch to Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price this offseason is, has been one A one B. It's not trying to convince one you're the guy to say it's like you got and they bought in they've bought into it and you could see it in the game on Saturday that they both were bought into what the roles were going to be totally and it was and there's going to be games next year where where Jeremiah goes 
for 13 carries and 120 yards. And Jadarian's the grinder 15 yards for 39 carries kind of thing, right? I mean, that's just how it's going to be. In this game, it was Jadarian that had the hot hand. And then they wrote it. And he just, he just, he, they ran exceptionally well. I just, yeah. I was so impressed. I have an article up today talking about it and we'll dive more into it in the off season, but it speaks volumes, volumes that you can lose a guy like Audric Estime, who mm-hmm. was phenomenal this season, phenomenal, set a Notre Dame scoring record third or fourth best, fourth or fifth best single season rushing record of all time at Notre Dame history. Six, over six yards a carry. And you're like, they're going to be fine. They're going to be okay. Maybe even be more explosive when you consider that the speed that these guys have and the fact you're Riley Leonard taking some of the pressure off of them with his legs. Because these running backs, Vince, I thought were just absolute dudes. And they made plays all day. I mean, they made plays all day. Both guys did. And, and it don't, you know, you could look at the final stat line and that's great. And, but like you said, they, they both made plays in the hole. They both made plays where there was, there was one, one of the big runs that, that uh, price had it was just super calm, waited in the backfield. And then as soon as he saw the hole, because it was a pin and pull situation. And as soon as he saw, and he's like, just, just hit the hole, mm-hmm. just hit the hole hard. And, you, it's funny. Are you talking about that watch, vertical cut right to left? It was left to right is where he went and okay. ended up being. You know what? I don't know if it was a pin and pull. I think it was actually an inside zone because Coogan actually comes down. He ends up sealing it. No, like there, there, there was a pin. There was a, a counter was play. A but no, you, it was a different one. That's he made so okay. many cuts like that. But there was another yeah. counter play, Vince, where he just was patient, patient. They kicked out, and he just creased it behind the cut, the the plant, and just got like eight yards. It was just yeah. like, oh my yeah. gosh! I mean, he did a great. His vision, yeah, a couple days ago was just really, really good. He just had a really good feel for the way that game was going. That's a big part about being a running back is having a feel for the game. Mm-hmm. Like his feel for where these holes were going to open up and where things were going to be was just really, really good. Because on the TV copy, you kind of lose him in there, and then all of a sudden he just bursts out. But when you get to watch it, uh, you know, from the end zone view, it's like, okay, I see what he was doing there. He was just waiting for it yeah. to kind of for right. the, the seat apart a little bit and then just burst through. Yeah. Um, and he just did a really, really good job of that. And I, I'm not going to retread everything you said about Jeremiah Love and what he was able to do making guys miss and all that because it was obvious and it was really, really good. But he is – both of these guys – are best friends to an offensive line because when they're not at their best at times, right, they're blocking their butts off, which is why some of these creases, by the way, opened up late because they didn't necessarily get to the right guy and get the right right angle and and do all the, but the way that they kind of got there and then they adjusted their body and they created those holes where I'm not sure the hole was actually supposed to be there. Yeah. And then the running back hit it for big yards. Like that's, like I said, a running back who can do that, who can feel his way through it, is the best friend to an offensive line when they're not necessarily at their best. And I think right. that epitomizes kind of what went down yeah. uh, in this bowl game. I really do. It, it, I'm not taking anything away from the offensive line. They played hard. They played really, really hard. But these running backs made them look even better because of their patience and because yeah. of their feel of the game. Well, and it's not a coincidence that Jeremiah Love's two most impressive plays were an off tackle. It wasn't off tackle, but it hit off tackle. It was an inside zone, but it hit up, off yeah. tackle. Yeah. 
and then the catch where he's in space. And that, that was the one big disappointment for me in this game plan was they should have done more to just get him the ball and just go. Yeah. You know, I, I was disappointed. We didn't see any 21 personnel or 20 personnel. Yeah, where that's a missed opportunity. You utilize that. I mean, yeah. those are, you could have done some things with your inside zone, even on jets, you know, hand a couple jets off, but then also those jets become smokes where yeah. you create hesitation with some inside zone. I'm really hoping that we see some of that from coach Dan Brock next yes. year. Yes. But uh, you know, then, then of course, Jeremiah caps things off with the first team offense by that, just that, quick catch and slide, you know, makes the first guy miss and jukes another guy. And you're just like, you got to get that guy in space more. Just have to get the guy in space more. And, uh, but I thought they were injured. Look, Jabron Payne played well in the game. Yeah. Kevin Ford came in and ripped off some, some big ones. Um, You know, it's top to bottom. The running back room played well. I mean, then you bring in the two walk-ons and they both get positive yards. One gets touchdown. So, I mean, they, well, Chase Ketter is a good football player. Oh, dude, I saw I mean, him in high school. Really like good that, football player. He's, he's a really good football. He'd be yeah. on scholarship in a lot of places. He'd well, especially at the SDS level. Like, if, yes. if I, I mean, I, if I'd have had a guy like him when we were at Duquesne, oh. man, we had a thousand yard running back, Mike Hilliard, but like that, he would have been a dude. Yes, for us, like that's a that's a good football player. No doubt. Yeah. No really doubt about good. it. Yeah. No. And he was actually funny thing. I was down on the field during pregame, Vince. Okay. He was actually. Um, the emergency quarterback in the game. I heard about that. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm watching warmups and he's taking snaps with Joe Odding. And I'm like, all right. So this kid can <laughs> really right. do everything. You know what I mean? Oh, and it's what he was in high yeah. school is he was a quarterback. Yeah. Um, it was obviously a triple option offense, but he was a quarterback and he, they were very successful at throwing the football because not only could he run the ball well, but he could throw it too. And it wasn't necessarily something that they did a lot, but when they did yeah. it, it was super super effective uh, because he was throwing to wide open guys. I mean, you know how triple option works, right? But he was able to get the ball mm-hmm. to those guys and where the, the, the successive guys after him haven't had that kind of an arm. And so right. they've been able to be shut down a little bit more. Right. He was a literal dual threat guy in the backfield and just ran the ball. So, so hard. They would, Brian, I know I'm getting off topic here, but they would put 10 guys foot to foot on the line of scrimmage and just have him in the backfield and just snap him the ball. Yeah. And he would find a crease and just go 80 or something. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Let's move on to the O-line, Vince, and talk about the play of the offensive line because it was not as good on the rewatch as it looked live. And we'll yeah. explain why. Number one is there was what – I want to talk about the good first. Here's why it looked better than it actually was. Because the what it what wasn't good enough is there's a lot of technical stuff that wasn't sure. very good in this game. So looking at it from a coaching standpoint, a lot of angles that need to get better, footwork needs to get a lot better, hand play wasn't always good, assignments weren't always right where they needed to be. But here's what I loved. There's, We'll get to the stuff that needs to get better, and there was a lot to evaluate. But this group came out and played hard. They battled. And we had an IB get-together, which was great, by the way, and thanks to everyone that was at that on uh, on the night before the game. But – Randy Hernandez, Vince, who we've seen do a lot of super chats in the past. Oh, yeah. Remember Randy. Yeah, yeah, Randy yeah. made a comment. He's like, how this line plays tomorrow? And I had said this in the show earlier in the week, too. But but Randy said, how the how the how this, this line plays is going to tell us a lot about next year. Because Oregon State's entire starting defensive line was back, mm-hmm. and they were very good. This is a team that finished sixth in college football in sack – or tenth in college football this year in sacks per game. And all their top sack guys played in the game. And the two sacks they had, well, one of the two sacks they had was a 
as much a covered sack as it was anything, you know, and, and Steve not getting the ball, throwing the ball away. But the pass pro was was pretty was pretty good for the most part when you consider the quality of the pass rush they were going against. Yeah, quick guys. They're yeah. undersized. But yeah, Andrew quick. Chatfield. I, I mean, you know, like you watch the game and you're just like, you know, you, you, this guy's just getting overwhelmed. And and uh, you know, so so when I when I watch the game, Vince, it's like that. Just you have to appreciate the 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 total, just the total overwhelming of a of just physical overwhelming that they had of this off of this offensive line if you look at the pro football focus numbers again this is a team that was 10th in college football this year in sacks per game they only had four pressures the whole game four that's it that includes two sacks, two sacks one hit and one hurry okay i was gonna two say sacks, one hit one hurry that's it that's it yeah and I mean, there was plenty of times Steve had plenty of chances to sit back in a pocket and throw the ball down the field from a clean pocket. And then run game wise, part of the the thing that they did well is they made a lot of mistakes, but their mistakes were physical. Like they made them physical. When they would mess up, they'd still mess up going hard. And there was times like a run, a, no lineman's kind of getting knocked back. And then the running back would make a kick, a hit off of him because he would stay, the lineman would stay engaged. And even though he was losing the battle, he was still battling, which kept the guy occupied and allowed the running backs to go out and make those plays. And, and so, like, even the things I didn't like, you're like, there's promise there because they fought their butts off. And as the technique gets better, and we'll dive into some of that, that's what excites you, Vince, because you had a yeah. true freshman, two redshirt freshmen in the game. That's young. Charles Jagasaw had a really rough start to his start. Like the first series, I mean, he got flat knocked on his butt on the first play. Mm-hmm. Like he realized, okay, I'm strong, but they're four years in a weight room strong. They're men. Right? They're men. Yeah. Yeah. And there were some times where Charles got knocked down. But you know what I loved? Always got back up, and the next play, he would kind of play with a little bit of P&V, man. And as the game wore on, he got better and better and better. And by the end of the game, he was their best offensive lineman, I thought. I mean, that's something. I don't know if you agree with that or not, Vince, but I thought after the first thir- after the third series on, I thought their most dominant lineman was Charles Jagasaw. Yeah. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? I thought We're Tosh get into was the probably the most stuff, steady. Yeah. Yes, you I know, agree with I that. Tosh was, I was real steady. I was impressed yeah. with Tosh. Like, I, I wasn't sure what to expect from him in his first really, you know, full game since – he got benched, you know, for, you know, when Joel came in. We got you know hurt. What I mean? like, got hurt. He, yeah, he got hurt. Okay. But, like, he wasn't great, though, when he was in. Like, he wasn't great, and it was like, no. okay, well, this is your next opportunity. He was the third later. guy in. He he was replacing <laughs> Michael Carmody, who got hurt. Right. He was replacing Blake Fisher, who got hurt. Right. Right. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, what are we going to see from Tosh? I was actually – it wasn't a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination, but he was steady, and he he worked his butt off over there at right tackle. I, I there's, there was a part of me that was like, man, I hope they find a tackle, um, you know, in the, in the portal. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there's still a little bit of a part of me that from a depth standpoint, maybe that's still the case, but watching Tosh play in this game was like, okay, you know what? 
with another offseason, and you know what? They're going to be he, just fine. He can do his job. Now, yes, absolutely. Get, like I said, the, the thing that Tosh has, and we can talk about some of the technical things with each guy as we're going through the guys okay. and then we talk about that. But like Tosh at times still has a tendency to narrow his base and get tall, and yeah. then that's when he can get driven back. Well, and that's my my biggest issue from Charles is that he right. gets a little bit too high. Yeah, the base gets narrow. Pass, in pass sets because these guys, uh, the defensive line for, for Oregon State was small. They were small, and so they're going to try to win the leverage battle. And so there were yeah, times outside, where yeah, outside, outside. Small. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yep. So there are times where he would kind of they would get up into his chest and they would stand him up, and he would get pushed back a little bit more. And so obviously that's a coaching point. You know, you mm-hmm. want to keep low, get your butt down. You know, don't let him leverage you from underneath like that and push you back. But while they pushed him back, they didn't necessarily get to where they wanted to go. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He was still a gigantic person right. in the way. Um, right. But I would like to see them stalemate that a little bit more often. You know that. So again, that's just a technical and, thing and, that I want to see. Him and I was also pleased with with Tosh Vince as I thought his ability to handle the speed. Both of them ability to handle the speed rush was very yes. good. The Agreed. sack that Charles gave up, he actually beat the guy to the spot, but then kind of kept working a little bit too much and the guy went inside of him underneath him. Yeah. Right. Uh, they both handled the speed really well. Yes. Agreed. And, and they were very natural out of their stance. Smooth. Charles was quicker, uh, which is, that's a freaking athletic, massive human being. Yes, it is. Like when you see him in another name uniform and you just see how big he is and how well he moves, you're like, this kid's going to be special. Like, you knew it, but it's kind of like confirmation yeah. of like, okay, I didn't get that eval wrong. I got that one right. You know, but Tosh was smooth. I mean, he he's not super explosive, but he's just smooth. He was long. It's a couple times he got beat inside, but it was more of a double team problem than a Tosh problem. Like, there was one time that I thought Billy needs to help him and give a little, you know, either give a flipper or give a little help inside on the zone, and he didn't, and the guy beats, and it looks like Tosh got beat, but in reality, the the double team wasn't effect, you know, executed as effectively as it needed to be. Uh, Oregon State ran some line games that created problems. There was one time they did a double. Uh, it was like the sack, one of the sack or one of the hits on the quarterback they gave up. They ran a double inside twist and then it brought a guy around. And Tosh tried to get over late, but you know that was just a really well designed inside stunt that you need to try to be able to pass off with your inside guys. Yeah. And so there was mistakes like that that were made. And, 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 but the biggest problem for me, Vince, aside from the younger blockers need to do a better job of taking better angles to the, to their point of attack. Yeah. You know, Charles had some issues with that. Uh, Billy's had issues with that. Ashton had issues with that, but Billy and Charles especially had issues with it. It was just simple things. Like if I'm down blocking, I got to aim for that upfield tight on the upfield shoulder. Cause if I go too high on the upfield shoulder it comes underneath me. Sure. If I go too far down, then he goes over top of me. And, you know, and a lot a, of that has to do with with time on the field. Like they, exactly, they, they need to get a field. These guys don't just stand there and let you hit them at the the aiming point. You know what I mean? They're going to move, right? Right. So it's experience. I mean, you know, it's 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 plays. It is experience. It's being out there at, it, at game speed. Correct. Right. It's not, not doing your individual drills, which are good drills, by the way, where you're going against sure. another offensive lineman. You know, <laughs> and you're working the footwork. And I mean, right. there's there's no or against your scout team. There's right. no substitute for those live game reps, man. Hundred percent, and and they got those right. So I I was really impressed with what I saw from them from a from a competitive standpoint. I thought the physicality was really impressive against a strong, yeah. not a big group, but a strong, quick group of guys. Those guys were, and they 
And and I thought that the young guys especially really handled the athleticism very well, very well. And, and I thought that Charles, after settling in, like Charles was getting used to, okay, I'm playing against grownups. Right. And, and it took a minute. But once he settled in, he was really good. Right. Uh, Blake was really steady. Billy was up and down, but his good snaps were as dominant as anybody had. Like, I mean, that's the thing with Billy. Ashton was solid. Ashton wasn't great in this game. He wasn't great. He, They threw a lot at him. And the thing that I liked about what I saw from Ashton was he struggled in this game with certain with, with all the stuff they were throwing at him. But, dude, he just kept battling, Vince. Yeah. Like, he just kept fighting and competing. And when they didn't throw line games at him and they just tried to play Notre Dame straight up, they'd blow him off the ball. Well, um, and, and we talked about this uh, in, in pregame. Uh, Ryan and I about it being an odd front and having a guy on his head for the first time at the college level. You know what I mean? And and he's probably going to struggle at times with that because that centers when they're first, when they're seeing that for the first time, sometimes they struggle with that. Right. And that's where the timing was the issue Vince, because the double teams weren't coming. I'm sorry, buddy. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I I was just going to say, I completely agree with that. And it's, it is a, you need to have communication with, where you're not the double team guy, you're the lead guy, and the double team is coming to you, is it's just different. It's it's a different feel. It's a different way of going about it. That again, with reps and with time, he's going to get a lot better with that because he didn't quit. Like he, it wasn't like he was just getting beat, and we were seeing the front of his jersey from behind and things like that. It was just there was some communication was issues, and there was, it was some stalemate. stalemates and like, things that's like the that. Thing. That's why it was so effective because, yes, like, so like here's one of the big issues I had with the line today. And it's really been an issue all year, and it's something Coach Rudolph needs to focus on. The offensive line, especially the inside guys, come off the line, hit, and stop their feet. And it just stagnates. And and this happened a lot under Jeff Quinn. The difference, however, is is that when this group does it, it's after firing off the line. Where the previous group would do it, Vince, where they would kind of step and catch. And so you would see them kind of either get hit at the line or the line would get reset backwards where on Saturday, when things got, when, when, when they'd stop their feet, they would stop their feet still like a foot, a yard past the line. So it allowed the backs to still go make plays. And so what, what, what this is more about is not so much the catching that we saw under Jeff Quinn, but it's more about finishing that next yeah. step. So stepping, hitting, they're firing out. They're firing the out. Part, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And there were times where Ash would kind of catch a little bit, but that's that's what you know Ryan was talking about. Like when you got that guy right on your nose, that's a different animal, right? And and then that double team's got to come and it's got to it's got to smack it hard. And they weren't always doing that, you know, because the timing wasn't always where it needed to be. All that comes from this group's just got to play together more, absolutely, and, and those type of things. But what I liked about Coach Rudolph's unit was even though we, even though there was like a lot of technical mistakes what you'd expect from a line starting two redshirt freshmen and a, and a, and a true freshman. And the reality is Billy Shrouth was making the, his third career start, which is the same number of career starts that Tosh Baker has, right? Your most experienced player was Pat Coogan by far. Yeah. Pat Coogan had more career starts in this game than anybody else in the offensive line combined. Yes. Cause he has 13. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. So you're going to have those mistakes. This isn't beating up on Coach Rudolph. If anything, I think he did a great job because his kids played their kids butts ready. off. Yeah, They physically played hard. Now the technical part can come next. 
but you know the hand play wasn't always where it needed to be it was a lot of face popping but then not bringing hands with you know a lot of chest popping but then not driving your feet through not bringing your hands through to get that drive a lot of stuff like that where you saw too much of that that's expected from a young group though Vince I mean Pat and Billy have had that kind of excuse me Pat and Ashton have kind of goodness Billy and Ashton have had that issue in their two previous starts as well where they would kind of stop their feet and that's young guy stuff that you know that'll come but the the physicality with which they played the game against a very physical offensive line tells me you know we talked about the job the coach freeman did getting the team prepared and but it told me that in the preparation for the game joe rudolph did a very good job of making sure his players understood fellas you are in for a battle these kids are going to come off and hit you in the mouth they're going to pop you in the face they're going to play their butts off they're older they're stronger they're a really good run defense you got to meet the challenge not just technically, not assignment-wise, but you got to meet this grown man challenge. And he had a bunch of kids in that game. And those kids came out and fought and battled. Lost some, but won a lot because they were just better. And that's the exciting thing, Vince, is it's one thing to have talent. Great, they have talent. But the talent played hard. They played hard. And that allowed the really talented backs to be effective. Now, Prove the footwork. Really work on exploding into contact and driving your through two feet through contact. Really got to work on that a lot based on what we saw. You know, Charles has got to use his hands a little bit more consistently. You know, use them as weapons a little bit more. Uh, Tosh and Charles got to make sure they keep better base, right, so they don't narrow up. You got to do a better job t- taking angles. You know, there were some – they were not doing a great job getting a – there was a lot of overtop scrapes from linebackers that didn't get picked up in this game. The running backs had to make those guys miss. All that stuff is correctable. But what you can't correct is if you don't have guys that are going to fight their butts off and if you have an offensive line coach that's not getting your guys ready to play hard. That was an issue at times during the regular season. Sure. It was. But what we know is they finished the season off the last three games of the year. This offensive line came out and said, we're going to physically meet the challenge. We may not technically meet the challenge, Right. Our timing may not be what it needs to be and all that other kind of stuff. But physically, we're going to meet the challenge. And and they did that in this bowl game. And I'm I'm excited about it now. It's like can coach can coach get the technical part fixed? We got to see that. Right. Sure. That's sure. an issue. We sure. got to see it fixed. But I was very happy to see how well he had these kids ready to play. He really did. And I, I, I spent a lot of time during pregame watching that group. And it was just, I mean, you could see, like, okay, they're going to have some issues in this game with, with hand play. They're still, he's still working on that. You could just tell he was still working with them on it. But they were doing a lot of things where it was about, let's try to get some popping going here in pregame. Let's try to really get this going. You could tell that they they were ready for the the challenge. And and then when the second line came in, and you saw, like, Sullivan Absher and Sam, I mean, Sam Pendleton is, that kid's going to be in, that kid, if you're a starting guard right now for Notre Dame, don't think you've got a job locked up because Sam Pendleton now, when he gets a full another offseason under his belt, and you get Sullivan Absher with another offseason under his belt, those kids are not just going to assume, oh, I'm a second teamer. It's all good. I'm going to enjoy watching. No, those kids came in and played to your point, Vince. They played like, all right, you did your thing. Now it's my turn. Yeah. And they bullied. They bullied the second string Oregon State defensive. Oh, line. my gosh. Yes. Like yes. they bullied them. I was yeah. great to see. There was a mentality from this offense when the second kids came in. 
it wasn't like, okay, well, we're in here to, you know, kneel it, not kneel it, but you know what I mean? Just come in, run the clock, you know what? No, there was a mentality like, look, this is the last time I get to play competitive football for a few months and I'm going to kick your butt and I'm going to have a nice flight home afterwards. Like it was, they came out to play, man. Yeah. And, uh, and it was across the board. Yeah. It was, it was Devin, it was Colsey, it was the offensive line. Yeah. It was Flanagan who obviously yeah. played a bunch before but he was in there as the first tight end now with that second group so like it was across the board these kids were playing hard Mm -hmm. all the way through all the way through the the biggest disappointment from the game or i'll say disappointment i thought the guy that struggled the most was pat coogan yeah because the one thing oregon state the reason that i thought billy and ashton and those other guys played well is because they can handle the athleticism that oregon start oregon state had we said that coming in the game these kids are quick they're penetrative. Sure. They're aggressive. Pat really struggled with the athleticism of Oregon State, and and he it, had he had the to me he had the most in, in my grading he had the most MAs, and and most just got beat. He just got beat the most. Yeah, you know, and um, that was that was a little well. And it was it honestly, and I'm not going to pile on the kid, but it highlighted one of the things that he just didn't do well all season. And when they play a team like this, well, it just gets yeah. highlighted. It's I mean, that, always, that's always going to be an issue. He's just not a very athletic guy. Right. Try hard is there. Like they tried pulling him twice on, on outside tosses. And it's just like, why are you asking that kid to do that? This is He's not, not going to get out there to that guy. And the guy beats not, him up the field yeah. and drills Jadarian for a loss. And you're yeah. just like, why are you asking, why are you asking him to do that? Right. Like that's not on Pat. Pat's trying as hard as he can. He's hard. They tried to, they He's, tried to put him out there. They tried to. They pulled him and Ashton on the uh, the Greyhouse screen, which is that was one of the worst play calls of the game, by the way. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. they they the the two of them did not have a prayer of getting out in front of that play. They didn't have a prayer. Like it, at first, I was like, "Oh man, those are some bad misses." Man, they were set up for failure. Like they yeah. there was no way they were going to get out in no. front of that. That and they were, going set, nowhere. they were setting great house up to just get smacked. And to his credit, he held on to the football. Yeah. But like, whew, that was just not going to happen. This wasn't. Last thing is, I, I thought Cooper Flanagan really struggled in this game blocking wise. Like, I, I'll just leave it at that. He really struggled. He got his butt kicked in this game against Oregon State, which I'm just going to chalk up to a bad game because I've seen that kid block his butt off all year. I just think he had a bad game. I just I think they got up under his pads and they kind of pushed him around a little bit. And then he had some issues kind of he got beat inside a few times back from backside stuff. Just a sloppy technical game. And I just didn't think he was quite prepared for the physicality of the game. He was he was probably not probably he got he had my lowest grade of the game. Hmm. And I don't want to make too much of it because it was just a bad game for him. And that happens. Sure. We've got we plenty of tape to know exactly, who he is. Exa- that's exactly yeah. my point, Vince. This, yeah. It's like I have a lot of tape of Cooper Flanagan battling his butt off and blocking well. And do, I just think he had a bad game. And right. and, and it happens. So right. I'm not I'm not worried about it. I'm not I just I, not a bad game. Everybody has them. Yeah. Everybody has them. For sure. And this was Cooper's. Uh but he'll he'll battle back because like like you said, Vince, there's a lot of film of him right. this season, including against some better defensive players than, than what he, I mean, he played a, a you know, we, we saw him against Clemson and you know, he, he was, he was just fine, you know? So uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about it to be completely honest with you. 
uh, it just was a, to me, it was just a bad game, you know, just a, a rough yeah. game for him. So, but he'll, he'll need to get better obviously. And, and, and he will, he'll be fine. Like I said, he'll, he'll be fine. He just, he just had a rough game, but um, any, anything else from the, from those, from that group that, um, that you want to get into before we go on to the defense? Nope. I think we hit it. And before we go on to the defense, make sure you hit that like button, that subscribe button, that notification bell, and uh, share with your family, friends, all the fun stuff. Boards at irishbreakdown.com, irishbreakdown.com. Just check it all out because we're yeah, going to, we got eight and a half months, boys, and we're going to, and girls, we're going to keep you up to date. So make sure you check all that out, but don't go anywhere because we still have the defense. <laughs> 